0: Amen. Amen. Yes, thank you ladies. Um, It is cold this morning, but it is the start of something new. It is the start of our very first sermon series of 2018. And although last week at this time I was still in bed, sick with the flu, I am very excited to be here this morning, even if it is only back at 90%. I am excited to be with you this morning to be kicking off when giants fall. You see, all month long we are going to talk about the giants we have in our own lives and how to overcome them. And the giants that we might see in other people's lives, maybe even before we see in our own. And how we can help them overcome those giants. And also, When even though we know we're Giants, we continue to let them rule over our lives, or we forget that pesky giant that creeps back into our lives and makes it impossible for us to really see all that God has in store for us. And this morning, what we're going to be looking at is naming Giants. So it's going to take some audience participation What do you think of when you hear the word giant? Everybody's going to sleep. Something really big. Something really big. What else? David. David the lion. Andre. What was that? Andre the giant. Andre the giant. Okay? I think of jolly green giant. I think of, When I think of giant, I think of what Goliath must have looked like. I know people were afraid of him, right? He seemed to be kind of scary. And if I was looking for a giant rock, this definitely would be giant compared to this one, right? But aside from if you want a gigantic piece of cake, the word giant, when it's used as an adjective, normally isn't a very positive word, is it? Unless you're Andre the Giant, you're bigger than everybody else, so that helps you win the match, right? Giant, when you think of giant, I have a giant problems? We come up with giant excuses sometimes. The word giant, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about things that keep us and are in our way from being all that God has called us to be. From being in a complete and total relationship with Him. (laughs) And I have to admit that as I began preparing for this message about a month ago, um, because I wanted to have it done. I wanted to have it done and ready to go, so I didn't have to worry about it every Christmas. Yeah. Well, guess what? Life happened. Life happened. My mom was in the hospital for a knee replacement surgery, and by the time we got her home, which was good, hey, okay, I can start again. So that was three weeks out. Let's start this again. I can get it done. The hospital didn't go the way I thought it was, so I didn't have time to work on it. But now I can. She's home. We're going to have to take care of the while she's home some of the time, Well we got this. Well, then my dad fell and broke his hand. So, <laughs> they're that time. So I didn't get it done then. And then it was Christmas. Anybody else get anything extra done during Christmas? Because I didn't. And then we came to the week after Christmas. Okay, well, here's my week. To so work here and here, and then, oh, we finally actually get to have Christmas as a family. So not yet done that either. Oh, Jesus gracious. So, that takes us the last week. Well, life still happened. <laughs> and by Wednesday morning, I was kind of discouraged. I was so discouraged because I didn't have everything done that I wanted to have and the exact amount of time that I wanted to have it done. What was my problem? It wasn't until Wednesday night when I sat down to polish some things that God hit me over the head and said, Well, you know what? You're talking about naming your giants. And I'm pretty sure that by now, you have got a few you can name. You see, because in order to slay giants, we have to bring them into the light. We have to bring them into the light. We have to be able to name them. And that requires us to take them from out from the closet, out from under the bed, and to look at them and to say, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is the problem. You see, because as I was going through things and wanting to get things done, I had every intention on having everything done. I planned it perfectly, right? Planner I am. <laughs> and then everything else happened. And you see, I thought that everything else happening was the giant. But that is not true. Because a lot of times our struggles Our difficulties, our challenges, are not the giant, but they do bring the giant in your life, in the light. They allow you to see what you really are struggling with. You see, I forgot what Paul reminds us of in James. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, but lacking nothing." I had a plan. I thought the giant was a struggle. That wasn't a night. <laughs> Not by any stretch of the imagination. We all have giants. And from the promotional information that you had received about this sermon series, you might have thought that we were going to talk this morning about David and Goliath. Did anybody else come this morning thinking we might hear about David and Goliath? Well, our scripture lesson, you got a hint that it's not about David and Goliath this morning. It's actually about the king of the Israelites, who came before David. It's about Saul. Okay, so this isn't about the Saul from the New Testament. We, we talked a lot about that Saul, who turned into who? Paul. Paul. That Saul turned into Paul. We're talking about the Saul in the Old Testament, which was before Jesus. And from the Saul, we can see a lot of common giants. Common giants that I struggle with, common giants that you might struggle with. But here's Saul's backstory. Saul was this man who seemed to be different than everyone else around him. The Israelites that had gone to the Promised Land and they had everything that they wanted except one thing. They didn't have a king. They, they were being guided by the prophet Samuel, you know, the little boy who had heard from God. They were being guided by Samuel. And they said, we need a king. All of these other groups of people have kings. We need a king. Give us a king. Much to Samuel's dismay, after lots of uh, fraud and saying, no, I don't think that's a really great idea. Your king is of a different nature. Your king is not above this earthly ground. That is who you need to follow. And that just didn't make sense in their minds. That's fine. We need somebody to help us organize and gather. We need somebody to, to make sure that we have armies. That we can defeat people who are oppressing us. That's when Saul comes around. Saul was taller than everyone else. And it said he was more handsome than everyone else. So he stood out. And through a set of trials and tests, Saul worked with Samuel, and Saul was anointed king. Saul was so popular that it was easy for him to gather three different armies together. Not one, not two, but three armies together. This was something new. Three armies ready to defeat the Philistines. Goliath was a Philistine. And although Goliath comes later, we see that Saul had these three armies, about 3,000 people. And he sends one of his armies off with his son, Jonathan. It was his older son who so one day would be the king. That's how kingship worked. You passed it off to your son. And then he's kept another two. You know, I'm king. I got to make sure I'm okay, right? Nobody's going to come get me. I-, I need more protection than he does. Although he's going to be king next. And this is where we start to see some giants. Because Jonathan went off and he was closer to the Philistines. And Jonathan had a successful attack on the Philistines. Attack. Doesn't say he won a battle. (laughs) He just attacked the Philistines. And this is where we see what Saul did and how Saul reacted to that attack on the Philistines. Then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news. Saul has attacked the Philistines' outpost, and now Israel has become an option to the Philistines. And the people were summoned to join Saul and go down. anybody see the giant in there? Can anybody identify maybe um, what was going on in Saul's heart that wouldn't exactly make him close to God that made the attack? It was Donovan. Who took the credit for that attack? Saul. It was just an attack. It wasn't a a one battle. Now Saul was trying to get some support from their their family, the Hebrews. They weren't politically put together yet, but he wanted everyone to know how powerful he was. We had an attack against the Philistines. You want to come join us in defeat the Philistines. Because the problem is, when we fail to give credit, where credit is due, we can fill in the blank with a lot of giants. We're selfish, we're conceited, we're arrogant. When I was trying to get things done, and at time that I wanted to get things done, and I was being selfish. I wanted to be done for me so that I could be okay for me. <laughs> I'm going to be arrogant. I thought I was going to be some tricky service. <laughs> That's a giant. Those giants lead to, to things that pass that take us far from God. And this was a giant that Saul didn't even see. And as we continue story, it doesn't get any better. And we get to see some more giants that we all feel with. See, he defeated them. But then the scripture tells us exactly what it already It said that Saul had annoyed the Philistines. Well, so you have these Philistines, who we know seem to be a little larger than the Israelites, because the is huge. Well, they got annoyed, and they decided that they were going to get their own armies together. And then, Saul's armies see that they were outnumbered. They were vastly outnumbered. What do you do when you see that you're outnumbered? How do you feel when you know you're outnumbered? We're looking at where we're going to go on vacation this summer. Um, my whole family, my brother and his wife and the kids and their mom and dad. What if I get outnumbered? It doesn't feel good to feel outnumbered. And if I'm in a battle, I definitely don't want to be outnumbered. I'd be afraid. And that's exactly what the Israelites were. They were afraid. They hid in caves. So we have Saul the king who, you know, is all powerful, who had gathered these armies together, who they wanted him to be king. And now all of a sudden, Saul, I don't know about this. This looks like a bad idea. Well, Saul stood his ground. His trusted advisor, Prophet Samuel, told Stay in Gilgal for seven days. Stay there. I will come on the seventh day and then things will be over. I will bless what is going on here and you will be well. Well, Saul was afraid. His armies were afraid. And because he was afraid, He made a poor decision. And that's kind of what we learn about in our message this morning, our scripture lesson. His poor decision was he took it into his own hands. He decided that he was going to bless things. He decided. And then guess what happened as soon as he blessed it? Samuel showed up on day seven, just as he had promised. So this is some other common giant we deal with. Faith or talk. When we allow fear to dominate our decisions, you can put in a whole bunch of other giants. Fear being one of them. But when we allow fear to dominate our decisions, impatience, disobedience, controlling, doubt, of destruction, instruction normally followed. So he took things into his own hands. He feared, he doubted. He feared, so he became impatient. He feared if he tried to take control of the situation. Now, to you and me, it might not seem bad that Saul decided to offer the more her offering. Lord bless this, bless us, right? But that wasn't Saul's job. Saul was the king. The king was not the one who was to offer firm offerings to the Lord. That was Samuel's job. So Saul took things into his own hands, and this is what led to ultimately his demise. That one decision. You see, in Proverbs, it tells us all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are ways by the Lord. The motives seem well, but Saul, did they not? I'm surrounded. Okay? This army is like going to defeat us. And we're not ready yet. We haven't given God the burnt offering. Samuel's not here Okay, I'll do it myself. I've seen him do it. I know how to do this. That was not the instruction that Saul had gotten. He got to do that. His motives were to take it into his own hands. And that is what God's in trouble. You know, as as I was trying to get things done and trying to control the situation and having everything done on time, it didn't help me. It didn't help me one bit. It just made me more discouraged. It made me start to feel uh, resentment. Oh, Mom, why do have to still be here? That's not at all what I want to feel. That's not at all what I would want her to feel me by any stretch of the imagination. It has been a blessing to be able to be there and to help my parents in their time of need. So thankful. I'm able to look at that giant and Daniel. You see, all of us have giants. All of us. But we also know that we have hope for overcoming those giants. Samuel, on the other hand, we learn what happens when we explore them. After, after Samuel came back, And he said, what are you doing? And Saul told him. We hear what Samuel has to say about this decision. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. So from that moment on, Jonathan was never going to be king, because that would have been the, how things worked. God sought a man after his own heart, not after the bloodline of God. Ignoring our giants always comes with cost. Always because it results in disobedience, and disobedience always has cost. But thankfully, as followers of Jesus Christ, that cost is not being paid. It has been paid. It has been paid by Jesus. We are reminded of that in Romans, for just as though the disobedience of the one man, many became sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man. Many will be made righteous. And me, as a follower of Jesus, still have to name my giants daily. As a reminder to bring them out into the light in order to slay them. I have to name my giants to people who are close to me so that they can say, Hey, I see that giant coming out again. You might want to um, check it out me, I have issues with giants, so can you imagine for a moment what people outside the walls of this place, who don't know Jesus, might feel like when they see giants? Imagine an addict who really wants to get clean, plans to get clean, has even reached out to some people, but they don't know Jesus yet. And they don't know that the giants they're really battling can be battled with others. And the selfish giant of wanting to get high makes them steal their grandmother's watch and sell it for their next kid. Can you imagine how they feel? What about the mom who is rushing to the emergency room to where her daughter, is because she just learned she was in a car accident because she was running late to school after mom decided to pick a fight that night. Imagine how they feel. They don't know that there's no, that the cost of these giants. Are Imagine we all struggle. Or am I the only one? Imagine, Herman, what those who don't know the power of Jesus really points field when they face giants. Giants that seem bigger than that actually little rock. Huge giants that are keeping them from that relationship with God and ultimately with others. This morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the message. On your insert, at the bottom of your connect page, there's three ways to respond. But I'm going to give you a bonus way, a bonus way, so we're going to have a There's no limit to how many uh, ways to respond that you can make, but take a minute to think about what giants you might be able to help sled. The first is to literally name your giant. Maybe you need to spend some time in really looking at it. This seems like a struggle in my life. This situation over here is really challenging. Maybe the challenge isn't the giant. Maybe there's the giant you need to deal with it. don't just name the giant, tell somebody else so they can hold you accountable, slay you. And they can pray for you along the way. Another way that you could help name giants is um, we're doing a prayer um, for our fresh awakening from January 11th to February 11th. We will be praying for our fresh awakening weekend, which is in February. Your bulletin has all of the information about that, but maybe you want to be a part of a prayer group. So we'll be praying weekly, specific prayers for this weekend. Because just as individuals we each have giants, we are a body of Christ. We may have some giants to buy. So be praying for this weekend. Maybe you want to do that. Third, I will help those in our community make their giants by donating to the Adina Emergency Department Prayer Chapel. Trinity has been a part of the Adina Hospital for 150 years 150 years we have been a corporate member of the hospital and the hospital has that new emergency department and will have a new prayer chapel to go with the emergency department and they have asked their corporate sponsors to help fund that chapel trinity's share of that is five thousand five hundred fifty five dollars Imagine the giant we could help people slay in that chapel. Maybe that's a way that you can help slay giants. More information about that is also in your bulletin. In the fourth, the bonus way, is another prayer. We are a 724 church with a movement on main. We want to put in motion what we hear from God. And this next week, we have been requested by our bishop of the West Ohio Conference, Bishop Palmer, to be praying for our Greater United Methodist Church as the, the Council of Bishops looks for a way forward for our church as a whole. That information is not important. However, if you would like information about exactly what people of the West Ohio Conference will be praying over the next week, right, Vino. You know, our card. And I'll make sure you have that information so that you can join our brothers and sisters in prayer for our church. There are a lot of Giants. A lot of Giants. I have Giants. You have Giants. It's a Giant world battling Giants on a daily basis. <laughs> As you mark your connect card, would you allow me to pray for the Giants? Father, we come to you this morning humbled that you allow us to come before you. As we battle Giants time and time again, and we, we sometimes forget that we don't have to battle them alone. Father, it's not just our giants that that we know we want to face, but we want to help others. Allow us to be a place where new people come to know you and the power that you have over those giants. Father, we thank you for everything that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen.